0: Hi, everyone. I'm Chloe Snodgrass, and welcome back to Are You Still Watching? Today, I'll be going solo to talk about something that means a lot to me, sitcoms, more specifically, the history of sitcoms. I'll be breaking down sitcoms from decade to decade, starting with the 1950s to the 2020s. I'll be discussing what an A-B plot is, how sitcoms have developed throughout the years, the channels they are on or how you can watch them, and my own personal history with sitcoms. For those who don't know, a sitcom, otherwise known as a situational comedy, is a television series that involves a continuing cast of characters in a succession of comedic circumstances. I wanted to start off by talking about how I grew to love sitcoms. So when I was nine years old, in 2009, I was first introduced to the show The Nanny. It stars Fran Drescher as Fran Fine, a woman who is selling makeup door-to-door until she meets the Sheffield family and and is hired as their live-in nanny. You know, I will never forget when I first watched the show. One Saturday morning, my mom and I were watching um, the show, Extreme Makeover: Home Edition, and afterwards, the nanny just came on, and we continued to watch. and I was enthralled with the whole thing. I mean, I didn't really understand the comedy because I was nine, and I have noticed that as I got older and watched the show again, you know, the show, the jokes make a lot more sense. I still thought it was the funniest thing I have ever seen between Fran's voice, her family, and the dynamic between Mr. Sheffield's business partners, Cece Babcock, and Niles the butler. Still to this day, every Christmas morning, my sisters and I watch the season three episode Oy to the World, because they're all cartooned, but it is fantastic. About a year and a half later, I discovered the show Hot in Cleveland. It stars Jane Leaves, Valerie Bernelli, and Wendy Malick all three already sitcom stars, and they are on their way to Paris when when their plane crash lands in Cleveland, Ohio. They decide to stay in Cleveland after realizing they get more male attention here than in LA. The house they decide to buy comes with a surprise. That surprise is Betty White, whose character is their house's caretaker. This was the first show I watched where I watched another show for one of the actors, which I have a tendency to do. So one day when I was watching Hot in Cleveland with my mom, She commented how the British lady, a.k.a. Jane Leaves, was on a show she and my grandma used to watch, and that show is Frasier, which I'll come back to. And I used to watch Frasier um, on my iPod Touch on YouTube, and it was the worst quality ever, but I loved it. Now let's skip skip ahead a few years and a few sitcoms later. I'm a freshman in high school, and I was bored during my last period study hall. So I pulled out my phone, went on Netflix, and there was this show called Parks and Rec. I had heard of it, but had never seen it. So I thought, why not? I'm bored and it looks good. Um, At that point, the first five seasons were on Netflix and I watched it all in one week. Now, I won't go too in-depth on Parks and Rec, because we will be discussing it in another episode, but Parks and Rec is a favorite of my whole family, and I bought my dad the box series last, um, last year for Christmas. Now, my junior year of high school, I watched the most sitcoms I have ever watched in a year. I watched the show Mom, starring Oscar winner and seven-time Emmy Award winner Allison Janney and Anna Faris. Then I watched all three of Julia louis Dreyfus's shows, Seinfeld, The New Adventures of Old Christine, and Veep. Then we come to my freshman year of college. I didn't have a roommate the first semester and I was really lonely and I just watched the sitcom Sybil starring Sybil Shepard and Christine Baranski and if you know what that show is or if you look it up, don't judge me. <laughs> it's, it's not the best show but I watched it because I love Christine Baranski. Um, I was searching for a new show and saw Will & Grace on Hulu and thought why not, I'll give it a go. I was immediately hooked. The writing was top-notch, the cast was fantastic, they all played their parts so well, and it was revolutionary for its time. You know, two of the main characters were gay in 1998. Now this show is in my top three favorite shows of all time, and that's also mostly because of Karen Walker. To me, she's like the perfect character. She's a side character who is better than the main characters. She likes to drink, and she hates work, and has that crazy voice to boot. I can't even imagine anyone other than Megan Megan Mullally playing Karen Walker. She was the perfect fit and she really brought everything to make Karen more of a three-dimensional character than just what she could have been, like the wacky, boozy side character. The last sitcom I wanted to talk about on my journey of sitcoms is Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso took the world by storm at a time when it was very much needed. The first season aired in August of 2020 where we saw ourselves still in the midst of the pandemic. Ted Lasso was exactly what we needed, a comedy about finding support and friendship in the unlikeliest of places. Jason Sudeikis plays Ted Lasso, an American football coach who was hired by Rebecca Welton, played by Hannah Waddingham, the newest owner of AFC Richmond, an English football team. I, like most people, had heard of Ted Lasso, but I hadn't really seen it until I watched the 2021 Emmys and Jason Sudeikis, Hannah Waddingham, and Brett Goldstein, who plays Chelsea legend Roy Kent, all won. The show also won the Best Comedy. So I thought maybe I'll give it a go and check it out. Finally, in October, I watched it, I have now watched it five times in full, and I'm making it a personal mission of mine to make everyone in my life watch it. It's just so good, and I don't even have the words to like explain how amazing it is, and I am so excited for season three. Now, before I get into the history of sitcoms, I thought I would explain a few things first, like the A-B plot. The A-B plot is the format for how sitcoms play out. Throughout the 30-minute episode, you normally see the main characters broken up into two groups, trying to fix whatever crazy situations they get themselves into. A plot is the main situation, and the B plot is the background story. And depending on how big the cast is, there could even be a C plot, but it's rare. Like, unlike a drama, sitcoms, prob- sitcoms problems are normally solved in a 30-minute time slot. I also wanted to discuss the networks that most of the shows I have and will be talking about are on. The big three networks are ABC, CBS, and NBC. And yes, I do have my own personal ranking of these networks. Just a disclosure, I do not think any of these stations are perfect, but I do think some are better than others. My ranking is NBC, ABC, and then CBS. I will never get over what CBS did to Criminal Minds. I'm sorry, but I won't. I think NBC is the best simply because it has had some of the best shows to ever exist on their network. They have the whole Dick Wolf empire, which includes all the Law & Order shows and the Chicago shows. And when it comes to sitcoms, NBC dominates. I mean, Golden Girls, Cheers, Frasier, Seinfeld, Friends, Will & Grace, The Office, Parks and Rec, 30 Rock, Community, I mean, you can't really beat that. ABC is okay. I've watched a few of their shows once upon a time. Modern Family and Blackish. Then there is CBS, and that is the station with The Nanny, The New Adventures of Christine, and Mom. But what that network did to the characters and the actors of Criminal Minds, I have a problem with. But I digress. Um, another big three of sitcoms that I see is plot outline or how the characters all know each other. The big three are friends, family, or co-workers. Friends is obviously about a group of friends, Modern Family is all about family structure, and The Office is just a group of co-workers. Obviously, throughout these shows, runs, people become involved and become family, but for the most part, it is broken up into these three categories. We we do see overlap, like with Frazier. He lives with his dad and he sees his brother every day, but we also see his work life with Roz Doyle, his editor, and everyone else at the radio station KACL. Then there's Daphne Moon, who starts out as his dad's live-in caretaker. You know, she works for them. Now, let's look at the history of sitcoms, starting in 1951 with I Love Lucy. We see Lucy and Ricky Ricardo in their apartment with two separate beds, and their crazy friends and neighbors, Fred and Ethel Mertz. Basically, every episode is Lucy getting herself into some kind of insane situation, most famously when she is in a chocolate factory and has to eat or she throws all the chocolates to keep up with the conveyor belt. In some ways, for the 50s, the show was revolutionary. A full show that was named and revolved around a woman was kind of unheard back then, but it was still the 50s. So when Lucille Ball was pregnant in real life, they wrote it into the show that Lucy and Ricky were having a baby. But the network wouldn't allow her to say pregnant. She could only say she was expecting. Thanks again, CBS. Just this past year, the movie Being the Ricardos starring Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball and Javier Bardem as her real life and TV husband, Desi Arnaz, came out and does a way better job at explaining the whole situation with Arnazes, CBS, and Lucille's pregnancy. This show was really the jumping off point for other sitcoms, and we have Lucille Ball to thank for that. Then the 60s ushered in this new wave ideal, women wearing pants. The Dick Van Dyke Show first aired in 1961 with Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore as Rob and Laura Petrie. The show focused on them as a married couple with their son Richie and Rob's job as a TV writer. But the real talk of the town was the capri pants Mary Tyler Moore wore. Just last year, CNN published an article called Sitcom Wives War Dresses. Then came Mary Tyler Moore in a pair of capri pants. How Mary Tyler Moore's capri pants broke the sitcom mold. It just blows my mind that it was so revolutionary revolutionary for a woman to wear pants on TV, but like CNN said, she broke the mold. We get to see Mary Tyler Moore wear pants again in her own show, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, which first aired in 1970. We see Mary in the first episode move to Minneapolis and become an assistant producer at WJM News, which is prevalent to me because I wanna work as a producer someday in television. Now, the Mary Tyler Moore show also had one of the best cast to probably ever exist. I mean, Mary Tyler Moore, Cloris Leachman, Valerie Harper, Betty White, George Engel, and Ed Asner. Doesn't get, much, doesn't get much better than that. In the 70s, we also saw shows like The Facts of Life, Three's Company, and Happy Days, with a young Henry Winkler and Ron Howard, which all mostly revolve around friend groups. I also wanted to mention it, even though it's not a sitcom, but Saturday Night Live started back in 1975 and has kind of been the standard for sketch comedy. Even though it started after shows like the Sonny and Cher show, the Carol Burnett show, it is still going strong 47 years later and helped make make people into stars, even some people in shows that I talk about later on. When we enter the 80s, this is where the sitcoms I watch started. You know, I've seen episodes of I Love Lucy in the Mary Tyler Moore show, but the 80s is like the first decade where like, I really started watching these shows all the way through. So in the 80s, there were shows like Full House, Family Matters, The Golden Girls, Murphy Brown, and Who's the Boss with Judith Light and Tony Danza, Katherine Hellman, and a very young Alyssa Milano. My favorite 80s sitcom is also considered one of the best shows of all time, Cheers. I mean, what's funnier than a group of people who spend all their time in a bar, whether they work there or just patrons? They did such a great job of creating a show where the main characters barely ever leave the bar and just sit there and talk. It is also one of the first shows to ever last that long. It lasted for 11 seasons from 1982 to 1993. Now, the 90s pick up where the 80s left off with Frasier, the spinoff of Cheers. We see Frasier Crane leave the bar in Boston and head back to his hometown of Seattle after his, after his divorce with the neurotic Lilith. Frasier also lasted 11 seasons from 1993 to 2004. It was on the same time as 90s darlings, friends in Seinfeld, which Sydney and I talked about in the last episode. So go check that out, out if you haven't listened to it yet. I think Frazier is criminally underrated, especially when compared to these two. Throughout the 90s, we also saw shows like The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, The Nanny, Will and Grace, Home Improvement, and Everybody Loves Raymond. And shout out to Doris Roberts and her four Emmy wins for Everybody Loves Raymond. The 2000s is when we see a lot of workplace comedies. With the Thursday night lineup, Uh, for NBC being Parks and Rec, Community, The Office, and 30 Rock, all taking place at work establishments. Some other prominent shows of this decade are Big Bang Theory, Modern Family, How I Met Your Mother, and Two and a Half Men. Both Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men were created by Chuck Lorre. Then in the 2010s, we see shows like Veep, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Goldbergs, and Blackish. We have a mix of workplace and family shows. And I think the 2010s were kind of a slow sitcom-creating decade. And that's mostly because the shows from the 2000s were still um, airing throughout the 2010s. Then in the 2020s, I'm sticking with Ted Lasso for right now. It is the first sitcom that I've mentioned that was created for streaming. It's on Apple TV. I was listening to Rob Lowe's podcast um, where him and Sofia Vergara were talking about how different it is now with streaming and less popular shows are on network television. And they talked about how Ted Lasso is such a popular show but it only has 10 to 12 episodes per season when both of them are used to 22 to 24 episodes per season, both being on popular sitcoms. Rob Lowe was on Parks and Rec and Sophie Vergara was on Modern Family. We still have eight years and I'm sure we will see some great sitcoms come out of it. Well, hopefully. As I wrap up, I wanted to give a shout out to Morgantown native Don Knotts who was on the sitcom The Andy Griffith Show. He won five Emmys for the show and he even has a statue and a star on High Street here in Morgantown. He also has a boulevard named after him. I also talked a little bit in the last episode about how I have a list of Chloe's Queens of Comedy and I wanted to thank everyone on that list because without them I wouldn't love TV as much. Um, and they also helped me realize what I want to do with my life. So thank you, ladies. I could go on forever and ever, but this is where I'll leave it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Are You Still Watching? You can listen at daonline.com podcast or anywhere you stream podcasts.